0: happy tuesday Tuesday. my name is nick my name is alan
1: and welcome into Into the dungeon. dungeon
0: Thank you for sticking by me through thick and thin, and hopefully, hopefully, we can kill the dragon and put all of this behind us, and finally be able to enjoy life, for what it is, and live it together as friends. That would be good.
1: Mm. It's nice to think of us as friends as well, not just companions.
0: As family, I'd say. More than friends. It's been a few weeks only, but we've been through a lot. That makes us family except Fabian, maybe he's like an adopted stepbrother or something <laughs> thank you Shrew. you know I'm joking Fabian I know, I know don't get your neckers in a twist anyway, this bath feels good I close my eyes and relax ooh, this is good actually now that I think of it even though it does feel like we're family I don't know much about you any of you
1: that is true, we have been Almost living day to day.
0: Hmm. Fenner, Has it been almost a month since we met each other? Oh, yes,
1: on the road to Adabris.
0: I remember you telling me you wanted to meet your kin here in Normangard. And you have done so.
1: Yes, sadly haven't been able to stay here as long as I'd have wished. But with the dangers outside, it's even better to help you kill this dragon. And then perhaps I can stay here longer and learn more of my people.
0: When you told me you were from Neverwinter...
1: Yes, that's right. That's, that's right. surprised you remember.
0: Of course I remember.
1: You come from Neverwinter as well, fellow. Yes. So you knew Shrew before this adventure?
0: No, no, we didn't. We didn't know each other. Oh, well, Neverwinter is quite big. Yes, indeed. What were you doing in Neverwinter? Were you born there? I'm intrigued to know a bit about your past. We've got a bit of downtime. Do share.
1: So it would be good to learn a little bit about each of you as well. I guess I'll start at the very beginning then. Whenever I asked my parents why I was different to them, they would tell me the story of the day I came into their lives. A number of wagons crafted from seasoned oak, painted in calming shades of blue and green, meanders as a caravan through the dappled shadows of the Neverwinter Wood, a sanctuary of ancient majesty and enigmatic beauty. Hanging herbs and bundles of dried flowers sway gently from the eaves, filling the air with a soothing aroma, and spotted plants and hanging baskets dangle from the wagon's edges, showcasing a vibrant array of herbs. This caravan is a moving spectacle, a procession of intricately adorned wagons that traverse the winding paths of the Neverwinter Woods. Towering trees, their trunks entwined with ivy and moss, rise like sentinels of a forgotten realm. The canopy above forms an intricate lattice, filtering the golden sunlight into an ethereal pattern that dances upon the caravan's path. The air is alive with the symphony of nature, the soft rustling of leaves, the gentle gurgle of hidden streams, and the distant calls of unseen creatures, accompanied by the delicate chimes made from the woodland materials, which dangle from the wagons. These produce melodic sounds as it moves, harmonising with the whispers of their natural surroundings. The fragrance of the woodland, a tapestry woven from the essences of pine, moss, and the delicate perfume of wildflowers hangs in the air, a perfume that whispers of secrets shared among the leaves and the ancient boughs the path beneath the caravan's wheels is a mosaic of sunlight and shadow a carpet of verdant foliage that cushions their journey wheels creak in harmony with the rustling leaves a rhythmic cadence that blends seamlessly with the ambient melody of the woods as the caravan progresses the murmur of the forest is a constant companion weaving tales untold in the language of rustling leaves and unseen creatures breeze sweeps through the woods carrying with it the hushed conversations of the trees. The leaves flutter in response, a whispered chorus that tells of times immemorial and the watchful gaze of ancient spirits. The wind itself seems to carry the wisdom of ages, a timeless voice that caresses the skin, like a gentle reminder of the interconnectedness of all living things. At the head of the procession is a seasoned human with a salt and peppered beard, guiding the caravan with a sturdy staff. Walking alongside him is a human woman, whose silver hair seems to absorb the warm hues of the setting sun, Perched atop one of the caravans is a cloaked figure, dressed in a riot of mismatched colours, their eyes twinkling with a perpetual sense of mischief as they hold bow in hand, arrow notched, and their keen eyes survey the surroundings for any danger. As the caravan winds along its way, the Neverwinter wood deepens, and this eclectic array of wagons becomes a moving tapestry amongst the towering trees which become more ancient, their branches forming a cathedral-like arch overhead. Shafts of sunlight pierce through the dense foliage, illuminating patches on the forest floor, in a mosaic of warmth. Subtle enchantment seems to linger in the air, magic that transcends the mundane and whispers of realms unseen as the air takes on a magical quality. The figure perches a lookout on top of one of the caravans stands tall as it senses a subtle shift in the atmosphere. Friends, do you feel that? He calls out, his voice carrying through the caravan. The procession slows to a halt and the horse is sensing anotherworldly disturbance. Snort and paw at the forest floor. The human leading the caravan squints at the path ahead, his brow furrowed. This magic is unfamiliar and unexpected. Be. Be on your guard. The air shimmers and suddenly a burst of radiant light erupts from the very heart of the path in front of them. The caravan is bathed in ethereal glow, with colours merging and shifting like a living painting as a high-pitched hum surrounds them. The lookout, normally quick-witted, is rendered speechless. The woman at the front of the caravan falls to her knees and whispers a prayer to the ancient spirits of the woods as other travellers peer out from their caravans to gaze at the spectacle with a mix of reverence and awe as the horses now agitated by the magical energies neigh and stamp their hooves. Almost as abruptly as it appeared before them, the magical spectacle soon begins to wane, leaving the caravan in a lingering afterglow. As the magical hum fades away, a soft cry pierces the air. The travellers with their senses slowly returning, Turn towards the source of the sound. The woman on her knees points towards the epicenter of this magical event. There! She exclaims. What is that? She gets up from her knees and cautiously approaches the sense of the magical residue, where she finds a bundle of blankets cradled into a woven basket. There, nestled within the intricately embroidered blankets, lies a gnome infant whose cries are delicate yet insistent, a sound that cuts through the enchanted hush of the woods. The caravan members slowly gather round. This infant gnome is a vision of delicate wonder. Her complexion reminiscent of the pale hues of dawn is framed by locks of chestnut brown hair that softly fall in waves, framing her tiny face. The brown curls seem to possess a playful life of their own, as if the very essence of the woodland breeze has left its gentle mark upon her tresses. Her eyes are the warm hue of rich mahogany, a window to a world of innocence. It's a baby! A woman calls out as she gently lifts the infant from the basket cocooned in the blankets that wrap tightly around her. The man who had been leading the caravan on foot reaches out to touch the blankets and faces a woman holding the child. Silver, did the magic bring her here? Silver shakes her head. No, Edric. Magic like this doesn't just happen. There must be a purpose behind it. Then the woods have bestowed us with a gift. Let me see her, my love, replies Edric with the gentleness that belies his rugged exterior, carefully lifts the baby gnome into his arms. There, there is a name here. Vrenna, Edric says softly. The caravan members exchange glances. Silent understanding passes between them. Silver steps forward, her features softened by compassion. The wits have chosen us as their guardians. We must care for this child as one of our own. Edric and I will raise her as our own child. And so as the caravan begins to move again, the enchantment of the magical convergence still lingers in the air. The travellers find themselves united by the presence of the gnome child, named Fenner. The rhythmic clip-clop of hooves, the creaking of caravans, and the ambient sounds of the Neverwinter Woods form a backdrop to this unexpected chapter in their journey. Night descends upon the woods, and the caravan continues on its path. Fenner now cradled in Nedric's arms, gazes at the stars above, a celestial tapestry that now bears witness to a tale of magic, destiny, and the enduring bonds of her new family. The caravan moves forward, still illuminated by the afterglow of the magical event. As the travellers navigate the winding paths of the Neverwinter woods, they sense that this convergence was not a mere spectacle, but a cosmic weaving of fate. The caravan proceeds and finds a clearing, where Edric suggests making a camp for the night. The travellers, surrounded by the ancient sentinels of the Neverwinter woods, create a protective circle of warmth. One of them conjures illusory fireflies dance around Fenner, eliciting giggles from the gnome babe. Edric, cradling Fenner, shares a glance with Silver, a glance filled with unspoken acknowledgements and the weight of newfound responsibility. A young child, whose eyes are alight with curiosity, slowly approaches and gazes at the gnome baby. What do you make of this, young one? Edric asks the child. Still awestruck by the magical display, the child looks to Edric with wide eyes. It's as if the forest came alive to bring her here for us to take care of her. It would appear so. Edric nods. The woods have spoken, I'm certain that Fenner is part of a tale, yet untold. The child nods, with thoughts as intricate as the patterns in the gnomish embroidery on Fenner's blankets. As the travellers sit around the campfire, their faces flicker in the firelight. Conversations ebb and flow like the gentle current of a stream. Edric turns to Silva, his eyes seeking guidance. What does the magic tell you, my love? Silva gazes at the stars above and replies. The magic speaks in whispers, Edric. Fenner is a gift, a convergent of forces that has woven her fate with ours. We are bound by the unseen threads of the weave. As the night progresses, the travellers take turns, in keeping watch over the camp. The sounds of the forest become a lullaby, cradling Fenner in a cocoon of natural harmony, as she lays in Edric's arms, his eyes reflecting the fire's glow, whilst he gazes deep into Fenner's innocent face, deep in thought, contemplating the path that has led them to this moment. Silver approaches and wraps his arms around him. We always said we would have loved to have had a child of our own, my dear. And that's how I came to be with my adopted family. According to my parents, anyway. It all seems a bit fanciful to me, to be honest, but I have no reason to doubt them. And it would explain why I wasn't human like them. Or
0: they gnome like me. Fanciful indeed. To me it sounds like you came from the Fae, or some sort of mystical magic like that. Hmm, do go on, I, I, I never knew any of this. I'm intrigued.
1: I don't really know much about the Fae. Well, nothing to be honest. Anyway, my earliest memories are as a child in the caravan, traveling from village to village. The travelers were healers, not of magic though. They relied on the gifts of nature to create ailments to help those who couldn't afford magical services. It was then in the village of Oakhurst, just north of Neverwinter, that I discovered I had a gift. These magical powers of healing. The quiet village of Oakhurst, nestled on the outskirts of the Neverwinter woods, a defining moment was about to unfold beneath the ancient branches that guarded the community. The caravan has halted in response to a plea for aid. Edric and Silver stand before a humble cottage where a child lays gravely ill. The air in the cottage is heavy with the weight of worry as the healers approach the patient. The frail child lies in a simple cot, its breathing laboured. The parents hover nearby, their faces etched with lines of desperation, eyes brimming with a mixture of hope and fear. Edric kneels beside the child, his brow furrowed in concentration as he begins to apply poultices of crushed herbs and soothing oils. Silver stands by Edric, murmuring a prayer as she attempts to call upon the natural energies of the woods whilst delicately waving a sprig of burning sage around the child. Hours pass and yet despite their combined efforts, the child's condition show no signs of improvement. Edric is reapplying his natural remedies as he exchanges a concerned glance with Silver. The ailment persists, Silver. <sighs> I fear the roots of this malady run deeper than the physical realm. It's as if a shadow clings to his very essence. Silver's ageless eyes study the child as she nods solemnly, the natural energies are disrupted, Diedrich. I can feel the imbalance. This. this is. this is not a natural ailment. The woods themselves seem to be recoiling from the source of this darkness. Fenner, now a six year old gnome, with the radiant spirit and chestnut brown hair that frames her youthful face with playful waves that gently rest upon her shoulders, approaches the foot of the bed. She nods with a gravity that belies her years as she observes the scene with her wide and pathetic eyes i feel it silver it's like a knot in the weave that refuses to untangle you feel it too Fanna. Fenna's gaze fixates on the child in that moment she senses the anguish that envelops the room a cocktail of despair of impending loss which stirs something within her a raw untapped wellspring of potential that appears to have been lying dormant waiting for the right moment to manifest a surge of empathy flows through Fanna, a desire to protect to shield the child as an unspoken understanding passes between them, like a silent vow that transcends words. With a determined expression, Fenner lifts her hands, her fingers reaching out towards the child as if drawn by an unseen force. Silver turns her attention to Edric. What is this, Edric? Edric, observing the unfolding scene with curiosity, replies There's a power within her, Silver. A magic that goes beyond our understanding. You, you remember how she came into our lives. Fenner steps away from the foot of the bed. Towards the boy's head, small hands reaching out towards the afflicted child. She takes a deep breath, closes her eyes, and her hands begin to glow with a soft light as a loving warmth envelops the child. As Fenner's small hands hover above the child, a faint pulsating light begins to emanate from her fingertips. The air crackles with another worldly energy, and the room trembles with the resonance of the weave as Fenner, with a childlike innocence, draws upon the magical threads. The parents' eyes fixate on the unfolding spectacle, as they dare to hope. Edric and Silver watch in awe as Fender's power manifests. The air shimmers with a lustrous glow, and the oppressive shadow that clings to the child's essence begins to dissipate. The child, once pale and listless, now stirs with a newfound vitality. The colour returns to his cheeks, and a peaceful serenity settles over the room. Fender's eyes gleam with relief as she steps back and drops to her knees in exhaustion, allowing the parents to embrace their child. As room basks in the aftermath of the miraculous healing, Fenner is cradled by Edric and Silver, who exchange glances amongst themselves, recognizing that Fenner is perhaps the conduit of nature's magic—a force that extends beyond their own understanding. That was the first time I ever healed anyone. I've never understood where my power comes from. I'm no druid of nature like you, Shrew, nor a cleric of a deity. Not even my mentor Neverwinter could tell me how I'm able to draw from the weave. That's why my parents encouraged me to set off on my own and leave Neverwinter. To find and learn from my own kind, and hopefully learn about my powers and where I come from. I'd like to stay here in Nomengard for a while once we kill the dragon. Perhaps I can speak with Segurgen again. If the kings of Vorpip can't answer my questions, then perhaps he will.
0: Well, yes, I'm sure Segurgen can answer all your questions. Perhaps he is the one behind your powers. The question is, uh, why has he taken so long to contact you? Hmm, very, very mysterious.
1: Aye, very mysterious indeed. Well, after that fateful day, my family decided to leave the caravan and settle in the city of Neverwinter. They said I needed proper tutelage, as my powers were beyond their understanding. My parents opened and ran a modest apothecary shop whilst I was to study with an old friend of theirs. A former wandering cleric of Eldaf, whom they had met on their travels, and who had retired to settle in the city some years ago. I I still remember well the first time I met Thandriel Dawnsinger, It was within the heart of Neverwinter. I was I was so nervous that day. The sun begins its morning ascent, casting a warm glow of the babes Neverwinter in a golden embrace. A young six year old Fenner steps towards the home of her parents' friend. Thandriel. His home stands nestled harmoniously within the labyrinth streets of Neverwinter. Its exterior, modest in size, but bears the elegance of a bygone era. It seamlessly blends with the surrounding architecture, crafted from weathered stone and adorned with delicate vines. It emanates a sense of timeless grace. A couple of arched windows, adorned with flowing curtains that dance in the gentle breeze, pierce the stone walls, allowing glimpses into the wisdom-laden sanctuary within. Pots of aromatic herbs and blooming flowers line the windowsills, their fragrance carried by the breeze, and whispering tales of the natural wonders cultivated within.
2: Well, here we are, Fenna. No need to be nervous. Thandril is a good friend of ours, and he understands magic
1: far better than we do, Edric says reassuringly, as he places a hand on Fenna's shoulder. Edric then approaches the intricately carved wooden door, which is framed by a climbing ivy, above which a small wooden sign expertly etched with elven runes, bears the name, Dawnsinger Haven. A moment passes before the door, which is worn with the passage of countless seasons, creaks softly as it swings open. It reveals a space steeped in the timeless echoes of elven tranquillity, and of course Fender's new mentor, Thandriel Dawnsinger. Before them is an elf of venerable age, his silver hair tied in a neat ponytail which falls gently down the nape of his neck to his shoulders. His age-worn face carries the wisdom of centuries, etched with fine lines that tell the tales of both trials and tranquility. But despite the apparent passage of time, Thandril's posture remains graceful, his lithe figure a witness to the enduring vitality of elvenkind. A simple embroidered robe of earthy tones drapes loosely around him, adorned with symbols of Eldaf, a river flowing gently beneath a sun-kissed horizon.
2: My dear Edric, my dear Silver,
1: it has been far too long, Thangirl says as he breaks a smile, and he embraces his old friends. His eyes are a deep shade of forest green, which gleam with the serene light of Eldaf. They reflect a profound connection to the deity he has served throughout his wandering years. His gaze then turns to meet Fender's brown eyes with a warmth that transcends the years between them.
2: Oh, and so th- this must be Fenna. It is truly a pleasure to meet you, little one. Please, please, do come in, do come in.
1: Thandriel leads him to a room adorned with artifacts that tell tales of his wandering years. Elven tapestries woven with patterns reminiscent of flowing rivers and dappled sunlight hang from the walls. Soft chimes sway gently from the ceiling, producing a delicate melody that dances in tandem with the whispered breath of the gentle breeze. Fenner's gnome statues juxtapose against the elven elegance that envelops her as she steps forward into the room. The scent of ancient tomes and herbs mingle in the air, a perfume that invites her curiosity and reverence. A wooden table, adorned with vials of herbal concoctions and ancient scrolls, stands as the focal point, a place where the teachings of Eldaf converge. Thandril, his voice, a melodic whisper, addresses Fanna.
2: Oh, welcome, little one. Within these walls, the lessons of Eldaf and the mysteries of the magical world shall be unveiled to you.
1: His eyes crinkle with a gentle smile as he motions towards the table, inviting Fenner to share in the wisdom that resides within the room.
2: Elduff teaches us to find the stillness within and to heal those in need,
1: he imparts. His words a tranquil stream that meanders through the fertile grounds of
2: Fenner's eager mind. Who is Eldoth? Eldoth is a kind goddess. They call her the Quiet One and she's a healer. You know, based on what your parents have shared with me and what I see in your eyes. You remind me of her, Fenner.
1: As they converse, the room resonates with a cadence of shared knowledge. Fenna's small hands trace patterns on the wooden table as she feels a grain beneath her fingertips, almost as if seeking a connection to the roots of an unseen tree. Thandriel's words are accompanied by the subtle rustle of pages turning and the distant city sounds that filter through the window, which become a sacred hymn, a melody that binds a duo in the communion of learning. And so within Thandriel's abode, the gnome child and the venerable elf embark upon a journey of shared discovery as they seek to learn where Fenner's magical power stems from. For 14 years I studied and prayed to delve into the teachings of Eldaf under Thandriel's gentle guidance. I tried to unlock the mysteries of magic that resides within me but Eldaf's embrace remained elusive. Despite our earnest prayers and Thandriel's unwavering support the deity's presence never graced my soul. We sought the roots of my power. We delved into ancient tomes and communed with Elduff through prayer. Yet what has become clear after all these years is that I am no cleric. This magic does, does not stem from Eldaf, or at least any deity familiar to Thandril. The magic within me is a current that flows from some uncharted source, a tapestry woven by the cosmic threads of the weave that eludes even the wisdom of Thandril. In fact, the first time any deity has spoken to me was Segagen when he came to me in that dream before we met Caspus. Perhaps then my power does come from him. I do hope he'll come to me again soon.
0: Mm, well, this Faradin uh, seems like a very intelligent elf, yes, yes. But let me tell you, I know a bit about nature magic myself. Mm, yes. Like I said before, this to me sounds like fey magics. Elpaf may not be the deity suited to your calling, not at all. And Sekujan might have been snoozing. That's why he took so long to get in touch. Yes, I think we are on to something. All this talk
1: about magic's going a bit over me head if I'm totally honest, Fenner. I've got no idea about nature magic like Tru's talking about, or fey magic, or any of that. Well, let her carry on, Murkub. I don't understand much about magic either, but I'm intrigued. Please continue, Fenner. A few months ago I was returning from running some errands when I was surprised by Thandril and my parents at their shop. As the day surrenders to the gentle embrace of evening and neverwinter, Benner is making her way for the quaint cobblestone streets that are bathed in the warm hues of twilight. The lanterns that line through the thoroughfare flicker to life, casting pools of golden light on the worn stones. The air carries the scent of evening blossoms and the distant echoes of a bustling city which fade into the tranquil symphony of the approaching night. Venna is returning to her parents' apothecary shop. The exterior of the establishment known as Herbal Harmonies is adorned with a wooden sign that swings softly in the cooling breeze. The carved letters exude a rustic charm, spelling out the shop's name in elegant curves. The apothecary's windows are framed with ivy that trace delicate patterns against the panes and hints of the treasures within, herbs, elixirs, and the wisdom of healing arts accumulated over many years. The door is adorned with a wind chime that softly sings as Fenner enters, which welcomes her into the sanctuary of what has been a family home for some years now. Inside the shop is a haven of botanical wonders. Shelves laden with glass bottles containing vibrant liquids which catch the fading daylight, creating a kaleidoscope of colours that dance on the wooden floor. The scent of dried herbs intermingle with the comforting aroma of aged parchment, which envelop the space. Edric's once robust frame has been softened by the passage of years, as he stands behind the counter. He's arranging vials with practiced precision while Silver tends to a pot of simmering herbal brew, which is filling the air with a soothing warmth. Thandriel stands by a wooden table, his ageless eyes reflecting the wisdom gleamed from a life entwined with Eldarf's teachings. Venner's arrival does not go unnoticed. Edric smiles warmly and greets her. Venner, you've returned.
2: We've been waiting for you.
1: Silver turning from her work extends a graceful nod. Welcome back, my dear. We've repaired some tea. Please join us. Thandril's presence is as calming as the tranquil rivers which he once served, as he regards Fenner with a knowing gaze.
2: It is time, Fenner, to speak of our journey's end.
1: Fenner, in a mix of anticipation and trepidation, takes a seat. The wooden chair, worn with the shared tales of patron's past, creaks softly beneath her weight. I, I expected this day was coming soon, Thandril. I've devoted... Fourteen years now to understand the magic within me. Yet Eldof's presence eludes me. Fandrel with a mixture of sorrow and understanding in his gaze replies. I had hoped that Eldof's light would guide you. I'm sorry, Fenna. I failed. I'd been convinced that your magic stemmed from the divine. Edric, with his eyes heavy with both love and resolve,
2: speaks next. Fenna, we have learned of a place. A gnomish kingdom named Nomengard. Not far from here. Your mother and I have made good coin of late. You should go there. It, it is a good chance for you to learn of your origins and perhaps uncover the source of your power. Silver adds. Pandolin is the town nearest
1: to Nomengod. It should be a short and safe journey from there. Fenner torn between the familiar comforts of the apothecary and the unknown path that beckons hesitates. But I don't want to leave. You are my family. Edric places his weathered hands gently on Fenner's cheeks, as a loving smile forms at his lips, and his eyes begin to well up.
2: You must go, Fenna. Your mother and I are too old to travel. But we cannot wait to hear your tales when you return. We are certain that no one guard holds the answers you seek. Sanduel
1: gazes at her with a blend of sympathy and encouragement, as he adds.
2: who love's light might not have been the source of your raw magical power, Fenner. But I am certain that sh- she will guide you on your journey."
1: Fenna contemplates the journey that awaits her, as her emotions well up within like a gentle stream brimming with unspoken currents. The lantern's glow bathes the apothecary shop in a soft radiance, and the air seems charged with the weight of farewells. Thandriel, Edric, and Silva, her steadfast mentors and adopted family, stand with her in the heart of herbal harmonies. Fenna's eyes now shimmer with unshed tears. As she steps forward to embrace Tandril first, the silver haired elf reciprocates the embrace with a tenderness that transcends words. His aged hand gently cradles the back of Fenner's head. Tandril, thank you for everything. Even if Eldar's light did not guide me to the answers I seek, your wisdom has been my beacon.
2: And I am so grateful to have learned so much from you.
1: Tandril's voice is a melodic whisper as he replies
2: May the currents of fate carry you to the answers you seek, Fenna."
1: Turning to Edric and Silver, Fenner is met with open arms of love. Edric's eyes glisten with a mixture of pride and sorrow as he envelops Fenner in a strong embrace. Silver cradles Fenner's face in her hands, bestowing a gentle kiss upon her forehead. Fenner, you are our daughter, and we are your family. Fate brought us together on that magical day, and our lives have been so much better for it. This is not goodbye, my dear. Go with the wind. It will carry you safely to Novant God. You will be back home. Very soon, I'm sure. And of course, you know, we will be here waiting. Tears like the first drops of a gentle rain spill down Fenner's cheeks. The lantern's light dances on the emotions that flow freely in this moment. Fenner's heart is a symphony of gratitude and determination. She takes a deep breath, gathers her family in a final, heartfelt embrace that binds them together across a tapestry of time. Thank you, both of you. Fenner says, her voice steady despite the emotional storm within. For giving me a home For caring for me For teaching me For believing in me I promise I will return with the answers I seek You are my family And you're right This is not goodbye The next day I left for Fandolin, And not long after is when I met True on the road to Adabras Feels so long ago now Even though it's only been weeks It seems as if we've known each other for a lifetime now. I guess after all we've been through. (laughs) I feel my family's gotten a little bigger now.
0: Well, safe journey to Fandling, my arse. Wait till your parents hear of all the tribulations we have been through. But you are right, your family is now bigger. You have orc as a stepbrother. Who could have seen that coming?
1: Aye, and a couple of dwarven uncles. Don't forget about us, (laughs) Shrew. And I'm grateful to have you all in my life. Well, that's my tale. What about you, Fabian? How did you meet True? Why did you come to Phandalin?
0: Yes, Fabian, tell them all how we met. I'm sure they love the story. But I'd be a bit skeptical of how he tells it.
1: And that's why we're going to call it a session. Ooh. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode. Been a bit of a insight into Fenner's past. And next week we'll be exploring Fabians. If you want some more Into the Dungeon be sure to visit our website www.i2td.com And whilst you're there why not follow the links to our Buy Me A Coffee page where you can join one of our membership tiers and get access to bite-sized little bonus podcast episodes where we reflect on the sessions that we, we play. Whilst you're on our Buy Me A Coffee page you can also donate one-off items by purchasing them at a store. There's stuff like scrolls and potions and equipment, that one-off donation will help the podcast, but it will also help our adventures.
0: Your donations will appear in the actual episode where we'll give you a shout-out, and that way you can be part of the stories we tell. If you cannot donate, or wish not to, don't worry, because you can still help us by sharing, liking, commenting, subscribing, anywhere you can find us, just interact with us, share our stuff. Tell your friends, tell your family, and help us grow. We appreciate it truly.
1: That we do. And that brings us on to the end of the episode, Club. The Last One Standing. Yes. You know what to do. You're going to compete
0: for the esteemed title of the Guillo Masbrada. El Guillo Frada. The Last One Standing. <laughs> where well, we give you our password, and you have to insert it in one of your comments where you can find us, and then we award the winner with the title of El Kiroma's brother. And this week's password is...
1: More than a healing. <laughs> nah. Given that today's episode has been a deep dive into how Fenner came about her healing powers and her quest to find out more about them. So you know the drill. Use that in the comments and prove to us that you are amongst those with the hardiest constitution as you have made it this far into the episode. So without further ado, we hope you join us next week as we delve into into the dungeon. dungeon.